NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. JT is back. He is return in Napa. And whether Rex is ready to make a Mia Culpa, the European Ryder Cup team showed out at Wentworth and the Solheim Cup kicks off this week in Spain with yours truly on site. We'll give you guys a preview as only Rex can do. Rex, uh, it looks like you beat your son in fantasy football this week by a single point how are things inside the hoggard household and has he run to bunkmate for solace he didn't run to bunkmate i I will say that he's he's pouting in his room as we speak it it, (laughs) it wasn't it was interesting because i really wasn't paying attention as i've said and you you're not going to let this happen so i I don't even know why i'm trying i'm not going to let fantasy football ruin real football for me this year the last two seasons i've just been obsessed about not not the team i care about which is the washington commanders and not the players that i care about but instead i'm just worried about what's going on with my stupid fantasy football team so i like made the commitment this year that all right i'm going to set my lineup i'm going to do the work early in the week and then i'm going to be done it was a little difficult this time around because i had some players who were a little questionable coming in late so i did have to pay attention a little bit more on sunday i was not paying attention until last night when uh the middle son trevor came screaming into the room hair on fire dad 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 you'll never believe what happened and he kind of walked me through the scenario that uh i think i was had a one percent chance of winning and my youngest son's defense got him negative one point and i won by exactly one point Negative one defense is basically just getting absolutely steamrolled throughout the game, doing nothing, not intercepting the ball, not, not getting a fumble recovery, not having sacks. Like, that's, that's actually really hard to do. I couldn't even tell you who his defense was. I guess I could look it up real quick. So it must have been – I'm guessing now. It might have been Washington's defense now that I think about it. But uh, I, I don't even – I wasn't even going to get into it. And I felt bad. I did feel bad. However, when I kind of look at the stats, I lost by one point last week to my middle son, and I outscored everybody in the league this week. So – I. I, I don't feel that bad. Like I, if I was 0-2 and, and I would have outscored everyone in the league for two weeks in a row, that would have bugged me. Uh, that's why you should, of course, change the league rules and who gets into the playoffs, not based on win-loss record, but like. overall points scored. Uh, that's how you do it. That's how you make sure that the best team is actually part of the postseason. Rex, that was my first home game as an official Jacksonville Jaguars season ticket holder. I got the uh, snap. had a great chat. time. Got, uh, you know, the 1 o'clock games are tough. Hot. You know, if you've, if you've got a 4.30 game, if you've got an 8.30 game, if you've got the Monday Night Football game, like you can tailgate for three, four hours uh, and really be in primo shape uh, by the time the game starts. This was like a 90-minute 
mad rush to kind of get there. And so I was kind of getting the lay of the land. I didn't see too many grills going, which I found a little bit disappointing. But, I mean, that's just kind of the scenario. Once you get the food out, once you get the grill up to temperature, uh, you're kind of you're kind of pressed for time. Then, of course, you got got to cool it down before you actually stow it back uh, in your car. You're going to have uh, some some melted steel uh, when you get back at 4:30 after the game is over. So so that was fun. And man, was it hot! It was brutally hot. Uh, if if this was not a visual medium, I would take my shirt off and show you the difference in color between the top of my neck and oh, my upper see. back. Come on, it is, let's do this. Let's see. It Come is. On. Come on. It, it is, is a visual medium. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a uh, ring. Pull the collar down. Not sure. Pull the collar down a little bit. Oh, look it at is that. Dress. That is, that is, that's Stuart Sink ask right there. I got in the shower. I said, oh, 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 just absolutely <laughs> uh, pounding down on my neck. Great experience. <sighs> Shockingly, that was the lowest scoring game of week one was Jags Chiefs. Two absolutely explosive offenses, two future playoff teams, uh, a little bit of a defensive struggle, uh, some red zone futility by Trevor Lawrence and the boys, uh, but it was great. I'm not actually at another home game, so I'm missing, obviously, this week's uh, because of the Solheim Cup, and then we're going to Vermont. Going to be missing Anthony Richardson and the Colts in mid-October. Won't be Maybe back not. for the Niners game. Maybe not. That's true. Uh, the second week of November, so I'm assuming temperatures will not be at 95 degrees and feel like you're on the face of the sun, uh, but it was a great experience uh, nonetheless. How much, how much golf did you pay attention to? This week, this is the new this is the new FedEx Cup fall, right? We talked about it on last week's podcast. How mm-hmm. you know we're kind of semi interested. I think the you know the viewership numbers are not going to be great. Viewer interest is not going to be great. Uh, but how much did you find yourself kind of tuning in and paying attention to what was happening at the Fortnite? Uh, well, before I move on from that, I do want to. This is like a pet peeve, and I don't understand this. Why would two of the three Florida games this week be one o'clock games? That makes zero sense. It's hot in Florida in September. I know. I, well. Well, still, it's hot in Florida in, in September. Like, we could do the 1 o'clock games when we get to November and December. I don't know why we just couldn't. So Tampa and Jacksonville played at the same time, home games. And I was thinking to myself, as I was looking at your snappy chats, thinking that's awful on the on the NFL. Like, why would you? And I'm not even, like, look, they talked a lot about players cramping up and it's hot. They're professional athletes. They're going to be fine. I, I know it's fine. But it's more about the fan experience. Isn't it just a bad fan experience being out there in the middle of the day just cooking? I mean, so we're we're in like the lower bowl. Like we actually have fantastic seats, and three quarters right. of the season we are shaded from the sun. That is not the case in September, however, which I quickly learned. Like last year, we went to the Ravens game, which was in I think early November. It was just a just an enormous difference between our our quality of life in our section, which was shaded, and being in like the three hundred section, just absolutely melting your face off, even if it's 80 degrees. Like I saw a report on the news, like it feels like 140 degrees if you're in the nosebleed section in the sun at TA uh, Bank Field. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm I'm with you on that. And I do feel like the schedule has worked in our favor as as home fans, where we don't have like three or four home games in September. Like they've absolutely backloaded the November and December schedules for, for home games, which should be a more pleasurable experience for all involved. And I just asked because we went to the UCF game and it was a seven o'clock game and it was, we pre-gamed beforehand. So we had two or three hours out in the sun. And then once we got in the stadium, it was just scorching hot. And so the next day I'm watching, I'm again, I'm looking at your snappy chats, watching the game, thinking to myself, I can't imagine how miserable that is. Like I, I was in the stadium at seven thirty, eight o'clock. The sun was going down and it was, I still felt like I was cooking. 
Yeah, I was certainly hydrating myself properly, uh, not with not with water, uh, but with light beer. Did not have to go to the bathroom. You you and I have traveled together for a long time. The fact that I didn't have to go to bat to go to the bathroom for like three or four hours, uh, despite the amount of uh, alcohol. To consumed, answer your question, watched uh, watched a surprising amount of golf on Sunday. I think you and I both are fans of Sahith, and so I was very curious to see if he was going to close it out, get that first victory uh, against a really good field. Actually, I was pretty impressed going forward. I'm not quite sure. I think. I'll go back to what we said last week. I don't, I'm not sure what the product's going to look like, and I'm not sure how it's going to resonate with sort of your average sports fans, my guess, golf fans. Paid attention to it only because you had sort of JT in the mix. And we'll go ahead and get straight to it because nobody – you know what your superpower is? Taking early victory laps. A text message on Sunday morning about a mea culpa, my mea culpa. Oh, that JT. wasn't Sunday morning. That's, you uh, must have gone to bed. You must have gone to bed early. Saturday I believe night. That, I believe that was on Saturday, like late afternoon. I mean, eight eight forty seven p.m. on Saturday. Rex's JT Mia Culpa is going to be my favorite thing of the year. So please, the floor is yours. Why would I do? Apologize profusely for what you've done. No, thank you. Uh, If we're going to do this silly transitive property things, which is what I think you're trying to pull off here, because as we know, Marco Simone is going to be so much like Silverado, which is where they played the Fortnite Championship last year. Did you pronounce that correctly? I got a pronunciation guy. Marco Simone? Uh, I did. I read through the uh, the packet. Thank you very much for the folks in research for giving us that. It is Marco Simone. I've kind of been... Uh, I, well, I'm running scared from it on most interviews that I do. I go, I, I go to say it, and then I panic, and then I just refer to the course in Rome, much like I referred to the, the governor, the Ryder Cup venue, the Ryder Cup venue, much like I referred to the governor of the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia because I'm terrified. Al Ramayan. Yes, 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 sir. Al Ramayan, and you have to kind of roll the R a little bit, like it's it's terrifying if you're trying to do this on TV. No, no, you won't be getting any. Uh, any kind of apologies from me because the transitive properties are stupid. He had three good rounds, which is great. And I think I said this last week, I didn't care if JT won last week. It wasn't going to prove anything else beyond my argument that I made when he was a pick. And I didn't care if he missed the cut last week. My argument when he was a pick is heart and soul of the team. Totally get it. You compare him easily with Jordan Spieth and probably a couple of other guys, Ricky Fowler. So he fits into the team. Totally get that. He has a history. He has he, he has a very, very good history in the Ryder Cup. I looked at this from a pure statistical standpoint. I don't know how many times I have to go back to this, that the four things that matter at Marco Simone. Thank you, research, for the proper pronunciation. Simone. 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 I'm looking at it right now. Simone. Not nay. Ni. Simone. All right. Ni. Uh, Marco Simone. Thank you. Uh, of the four things that matter at Marco Simone, he ranked outside the top 125. Actually, I had to go back and, and relook at those stats. He ranked outside the top 125 in all three of those categories. And we're talking about driving accuracy. We're talking about greens and regulation. We're talking about scrambling. We're talking about putting. Now, fast forward. If you want to keep playing the transitive properties game, which is what you want to do here, okay, he had three good matches, which is kind of what you wanted. And then he would have lost his Sunday singles match because he, he finished with a final round 70. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points that he put on the board for the Red Bulls. Okay, so if we're going to keep playing not, this silly game, he lost the Sunday singles match. This is Scotty Scheffler's Sunday singles match, and so somehow, because you know he's going to be in the back end of the order, so he ended up losing the Ryder Cup match. So frowny face, because we're playing this silly game of transitive prizes. He, he also hit le- on Sunday. He also hit less than half his fairways, twenty-one of fifty-six. Again, Serrato is not Marco Simone. That ranks 64th in the field out of 68 players who made the cut. He finished tied for 40th in scrambling. He finished he, uh, he, uh, 18th in strokes game putting. I can keep going down the list. I have nothing against JT, and I'm very happy that he seems to have 
figured something out, and, and let's hope the nick of time. This was just a statistical comparison about the player that should have been picked to go play on that specific golf course. That's the only argument I made. The U.S. team is chock full of guys who could put the ball in the fairway, whether it's Kyle Morikawa, whether it's Wyndham Clark, whether it's Patrick Cantlay, whether it's Sam Burns, whether it's Brian Harmon. Like, they have those guys who check that box. JT can play his own role for the U.S. team. Again, this is not the JT of 2017. This is not the JT of even 2021 in Whistling Straits when you're running him out there with Jordan Spieth and watching him go hog wild. It's, this isn't even Quell Hollow last year at the President's Cup where, by the way, JT was kind of the weak link of that pairing between him and Jordan Spieth. Like Jordan Spieth went 5-0 and at Quell well, Hollow. I don't know if that's absolutely fair. I, I, think, I think Jordan played so well. Like I remember him yeah. doing the interview, I think it was on Saturday, where I don't think JT hit a putt for seven holes. But like I'm saying, playing with but I'm Jordan saying Spieth, being Spieth, Jordan. Spieth did the heavy lifting. I do not anticipate Justin Thomas in his current form is going to be playing all five matches. So if you can highlight him in a four-ball match where he can make a lot of birdies, he can get away with some of the mistakes, you know, he's probably going to make bogeys, you know, he's probably going to drive it a little bit uh, offline, and then he can do all the other ancillary stuff where he can be the team leader. He can be the guy shotgunning beers on the first team. He can, he can be the heart and soul in the locker room. Like, it was such a no-brainer choice. And quite frankly, Rex, besides Scotty Shuffler, I'm not sure a single American player is going to go all five for – Zach Johnson. They, they talked about this last week in the pre-tournament press conference at Silverado. This is such a physically demanding golf course. Like Augusta on steroids mm-hmm. is how it's been described by me, uh, to me by a couple of, of players. I think just from a physical exhaustion standpoint, mentally trying to deal with all the stress and the pressure and the two-day sessions, like or excuse me, two, two sessions a day, like I, I just don't think guys are going to be going five for the, for the Americans. I think, I think Europe's going to have to. Then they're going to have to keep trotting yeah. out the Roy's yeah, and the John Rahm's, Rahm's going to have to. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They're going to have to do all five. I just don't think that's the case for the Americans. I think they have that luxury. No, absolutely zero Mir Copa. I will say, and look, this he kind of backed up Todd Lewis's reporting from a week earlier that he's still working with his dad, Mike Thomas, on his swing. They're still, you know, hard at it in South Florida trying to figure out whatever it is, whatever wrong direction he went in. They're trying to backtrack and get back on the right track where he had been back in 2019 and even to a certain degree in 2021. But now he wants to own it. And listening to him talk last week about just the concept, you can hear Tiger's voice echoing. You can hear Tiger behind him saying the exact same words over the last few decades where I want to own my own swing. And look, Butch Harmon was there for Tiger early in his career. Hank Haney showed up in the middle part. Sean Foley was there. He had people to watch. But by and large, Tiger Woods was really, really good at taking ownership of his swing. That way, if something went wrong in the middle of a round, he was able to fix it on the fly better than probably anyone. uh, I want to say ever, but that's probably ignoring Jack Nicklaus like we always do. I, I think that JT is trying to do the same thing. I think last week is hugely encouraging for JT, not for the Ryder Cup team, not for Zach Johnson. If Agreed. he can do that, if he can do that, if he can take ownership of the swing, then that to me is much more encouraging than anything he did at Silverado. Yeah, I thought JT made a really astute point earlier in the week during his press conference where he said when he was playing his best golf back in 2016, 2017, 2018, his dad – Mike was only coming out on the road a handful of times, mostly at the big tournaments, basically just for like little tune-ups to make sure that he was in a good frame of mind before the major championship began. That was in large part because Mike was still working 
in Goshen, Kentucky as a club pro, which he's been his entire life. And so he would only pop out on, on tour and it was up to JT to make adjustments on the fly. It was up to JT to make sure that he's in the proper frame of mind to get ready for the memorial, whatever the case may be, by the time the gun goes off on Thursday. That's the, that's the part he's trying to get to. It's not that he's distancing himself from his dad. It's trying to take ownership of it again and get back to a, a, a place where, you know, you're not always searching for something that's wrong. I think there's, you know, every, every player on tour is different. Like if you think about the top 10 players in the world, right? Like, like Roy see, never sees Michael Band. This year has been a little bit different with Scotty Scheffler uh, and his coach, Randy Smith. Randy had the, had the back surgery and it's kind of been out, but, but you know, Randy's not on the range every single event that uh, Scotty Scheffler is playing. Xander, I think, is a different case with his dad. I think Patrick Cantley is a different case with, with Jamie Mulligan. So every, every player is different. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. But I think JT taking ownership, uh, understanding what he does well and doesn't do well, and not necessarily looking for faults in his game, I think is a really positive step for him to make. He's 30 years old now. Uh, he's, you know, he's, a, he's a well-adjusted adult at this point. I think it was, it was encouraging to hear that. It was clear they made good strides with this ball striking over the past four or five weeks. Uh, and I think his, his arrow is, is back pointing up again. Uh, I will, however, take two Mia culpas on two vastly different other uh, scenarios. I was exactly today years old when I learned that. So behind the camera and you have the same thing is it's just a fancy ring light. It's just the same version, just a bigger sort of industrial version of the ring light that everyone else has in their home right now. I was doing a hit last week. Uh, I believe it was, for, it was for golf central and the AC in my house had gone out for about the main time this year, which is driving my wife and I crazy. It's a brand new AC unit. So we're having issues and I have had problems with this in the past. Other forget about the fact it's 110 degrees in my office and I'm trying to do TV. Probably not the best case scenario. What happened though is in the middle of the hit in the middle of towards the end of my very first answer and Anna being the, the perfect professional played it off perfectly. The ring light just turns off. So I'm essentially sitting in the dark answering the question thinking that Anna was just going to be like technical difficulties. Rex, thank you so much uh, for your help. Instead, she just plows ahead and asks me the next question. And I am literally go back and look everyone. I encourage you. I believe that there's a clip on it on NBC sports.com <laughs> of me just sitting in the dark, answering the questions. That's the, that's the first me. Oh, were, 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 you, were you sitting there in your stupid suit that you have to wear for at home central hits? I did not. And you didn't see it. And you would that's have been, too bad. So you proud. Would have been sweating profusely. Yes. Well, that was that was the point. I, this was kind of a late call up. Uh, uh, Mark Zaner, who is one of our super producers, who you constantly argue and disagree with. He, he called me about 15 minutes before. And sorry for the late. Uh, and I go, OK, that's fine. It's a million degrees in my house. I'm not putting the suit on. And he was perfectly fine with it. And I go, also, it's a million degrees in my Zaner house. for president. Zaner for president. The phone might turn off because that's happened as well. Because when it gets really, really hot, we all know iPhones turn off. And that, that's happened in the middle of a hit as well. TV's not easy, folks. TV's really, really difficult. There's a lot of things coming at you at one point. If you mispronounce Marco Simone once, Marco Simone once, Simone. everyone's going to jump down your throat. If you're having to juggle a thousand degrees, sweat dripping off your nose, and then your equipment's turning off in the middle of it, it makes it that much harder. Uh, and the hit that you and I had together on Golf Central, I think it was like two weeks ago, I was having microphone difficulties. That was a, that was a pure panic because that was supposed to be like a roundtable discussion. And until about five seconds before the lights and the cameras turned on to us, I did not have any sort of uh, noise through my AirPods or volume through my microphone. So that would have been insanely awkward, me just sitting there like this 
with nothing coming across. That's like my, I have like existential dread of that exact scenario on television. I don't know how many people are watching when we, when we do our little hit, I feel like people actually are, are like turning it off whenever (laughs) you and I come on, but that would be just a meme for days and probably wouldn't be able to live down that embarrassment. Yes. Uh, we should do, actually do that show at the end of the year when things are slow and we have nothing else to talk about. Just go through and just tick off our top five terrifying moments on TV yeah. over the course of the year. Because yeah. every year there's a whole – a lot of them. And uh, I also have – and I can't believe I'm going to admit this – only because have you finished uh, – much like um, other big companies, we have mandatory training on all manner of things. Like they, 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 you know, sit you down at the end of every year. I, I think you and I both were plowing through our mandatory training last week. I will go back a few weeks and there was one mandatory training that came up and it was, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this word, but it's essentially on how not to get injured in the workplace. Right. So it, it's, it's how to sit properly, how to type properly, uh, make sure you're not putting stress on your elbows, the whole nine yards. I tried to do that a few weeks ago at Memphis at the first playoff event. And it was like Saturday morning. I was trying to knock it out. Thirty, like minutes. one of those Sean Martin laptops that are up here to keep your neck at the exactly top angle uh, and, your, and your wrist. I forget er- what the er- word's called. Someone er- will, er- someone will get er- my mentions. Ergonomics, ergonomics. Please, no, right. please don't even try. I'm not even going to try. Anyway, well, that, this is the problem. So this goes to the heart of it. I tried to knock it out like Saturday morning in Memphis. Failed the test. So that was wasted thirty minutes. I'm like, all right, I'll get to it. You know, when I get done after the playoffs, when I got a, you know a couple of weeks at home. Sat down last Wednesday, did the same thing, went through the entire training again, failed the test for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> so now I got to like, now I'm determined. Now I, I have to do this. It's like three months overdue. So I have to sit down. It's like I'm back in college and I have reams and reams of notebooks where I'm taking notes and pausing and making sure I understand something. Finally got it right. hundred percent. Thank you very much. You always just choose the longest answer. Very simple. Whatever answer very, is the longest, it is was the one. If it if it has like weird capitalization, that's always the one that the company wants to choose because they ergonomics. Like ergonomics. ergonomics. It is ergonomics is the word uh, that you were looking for. We 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 breezed over Sahith Thagala, who actually won the tournament. J- Justin Thomas did not win. Sorry. He actually finished fifth. Uh, his uh, best result in a long time, but just also on the back of uh, the T12 at the Wyndham Championship. So if you're keeping score at home, that is back to back top 12 finishes for JT as he heads to Rome. And the U.S. Ryder Cup team, but how how about Sahith? Right, so this is a player who came out with a lot of hype. Uh, Haskins Award winner in college at Pepperdine. His progress was slowed a little bit by COVID. Had to wait a little bit longer to get out on the PGA Tour. But he's had a number of close calls. Phoenix certainly comes to mind. That was one that was captured in the Netflix series. The one that they breezed over was the double bogey he made in the seventy-second hole at the Travelers Championship, paid the lip of the bunker on the eighteenth hole at TPC River Highlands. He was a player who just missed out on getting to the tour championship, finished 31st in the FedEx Cup standings. But he's an interesting player to me. You remember Freddie Yock? Sure. He's he's like a, a, a more talented, more explosive version of, of the junk man. He is a poor driver of the golf ball who's actually gotten better. When he first got out on the tour, he was one of the worst statistically on the PGA Tour. Now he's settled right around 100 and, you know, 100 to – 125th but he's actually losing strokes gain off the tee which if you think of the best players in the world like that is that is their hallmark is it not like Roy McIlroy generational driver of the golf ball John Rom, great driver of the golf ball Scotty Shuffler led the PJ towards strokes gain off the tee like the very best players in the world are all great drivers Sahith does not he owns this it has never been a strength for him in fact he hits 
more foul balls than any top 50 player in the world. And they're not even like just missing the fairway. They're, they're missing by a wide margin. You look at his proximity to the fairway. Like it is way, way off, off the charts. And yet phenomenal player, like top tens. He makes a ton of birdies, uh, an incredible scrambler, a very creative with his shot making, uh, elite putter. Obviously, it was good to see him get that breakthrough. Like, if if you thought who's going to win on the PGA Tour first, Cam Young or Sahith Thagal, I think you and I both would have taken Cameron Young in that. But it's Sahith who didn't just get to the finish line first, uh, but he's actually had better chances uh, to win. So it was great to see, obviously, a huge family win for him. I'm not sure how many people were watching the tournament at the Fortnite, uh, but we certainly know his, his friends and family were. Uh, a couple dozen, it looked like, were there actually on property yeah. watching him win that. And his, his father's the sweetest man on the face of the planet. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Cam Young is probably a more complete player. And uh, I was taken uh, to your point watching it on Sunday. And it is kind of jarring that you have a player with so much potential, a player with so much talent that you're right, is is lacking in one of the key areas. Like dominant players of this era, they all seem to do one thing really, really well. They all drive the golf ball really well. You look at John Rahm, you look at Scotty Scheffler, you look at Roy McIlroy. Like that's the one thing that connects them all. Like, and the other parts of their game are varying degrees of good or great, depending on what they do well. In this particular case, I immediately went to the idea of what Victor Hovland has done over the last two years. I mean, Victor Hovland took what was a huge liability that you and I both have probably sat here and said, "Well." He can really hit the golf ball, but he's going to have to chip eventually. And he's turned that into a strength, which is pretty amazing. And I can imagine Sahith making the very, very same transition. I think when I think of Sahith long term, though, it seems to me he's always dealing with some sort of just little nagging injury. Nothing big, nothing that's going to sideline him. But that does concern me. But this is this is impressive when you look at he played well here before. He finished tied for six at the Fortinet. It seems to he's much more comfortable on the West coast. So you start to wonder, is he going to be one of those players a lot like Phil Mickelson, where he's going to play his best golf during that window when they're out West. I certainly see that just like Max Homa uh, historically yeah. in his career uh, has played well on, on the West coast. It's interesting. You bring up Victor Hovland, who was another player who had a, a glaring deficiency. I would always rather have the elite ball striker over the guy who is an elite scrambler, right? Like a lot of people forget with Jordan speed in, when he's playing his very best golf, 2015, 2016, 2017, it wasn't just that he was making everything from 15, 20, 25 feet. Like he was ranked second on the PGA tour in strokes mm-hmm. gained approach. Like he was absolutely flagging it. So I would always take like a Hovland type over a Sahith. That's not to say that he can't make, you know, monumental strides with his long game. It's just going to be a whole lot. Uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a lot more work than just kind of adding to your repertoire of shots around the green uh, as Victor Hovland Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. 
Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Rex across the pond. Ryan Fox is the winner of the BMW PGA. He basically beat the entire European Ryder Cup team. Ryder if, you're, if, you're, if you're Luke Donald, I think, though, you have to feel pretty good. Sure, Ludwig Gayberg uh, had a very disappointing Sunday. Shot 76, the worst score of any player inside the top 40. But seven European Ryder Cuppers inside the top 12, all 12 made the cut. Uh, has anything over the past couple of weeks where they played the European Masters, they played the Irish Open, and now the BMW PGA, the flagship event, the DP World Tour, has anything over these past couple of weeks either changed your opinion of who the favorite is at the Ryder Cup or, or kind of has that kind of solidified in your mind who, who's going to play well and, who's it and who isn't? Just solidified. I mean, I think I was leaning towards Europe anyway, simply because of what Luke had to do with his team uh, and the home field advantage. I mean, there's a reason I keep going back to three decades since the U.S. won on European soil. But I also you have to love that team. I mean, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Roy McIlroy all playing really, really good golf. And then you add a, a, a Ludberg to it. I mean, it's absolutely amazing that these young players are emerging at, at this particular point in time I, I just take more confidence going into it again this is all paper tiger nonsense like it, it's going to be decided on the field to play and I'm sure that there's going to be folks in Vegas that are going to want to make the United States team the favorite I see Europe though as the clear favorites at least going in uh, I don't think that'll be the betting favorite you and I are not uh, gambling experts as we have established uh, several times but I feel I think after this uh, fortnight plus that Europe is Europe's a lot stronger. And like, I can't believe we're even in this scenario two years after whistling straights a year after what was yet another convincing win in the president's cup for the American team. Like you thought, Oh, 10 of these 12 are going to be booking their ticket to Rome. Like this is just an absolute juggernaut. We're looking at a decade of American dominance. And that has not been the case. I'm very curious to see the golf course because you know, you've kind of been mentioning JT and how he isn't necessarily a great fit, particularly with his driving accuracy. Like, a lot of these players on, on the European side, like, we're so familiar with them now. They're full-time PJ Tour players. Like, they're not elite drivers of the golf ball either. John Rahm, he, you know, he's been more, more erratic than usual. Roy, Mar- Roy McIlroy obviously can miss his share of fairways. Yeah, you have the, the Terrell Hattons, the Tommy Fleetwoods, the Victor Hovlands. But, I mean, they've got, some guys, they've got some guys who could spray it too. So, I'm very curious to see how that home course advantage plays out. You saw how lopsided it was at Whistling Straits for the home court's advantage. It was the same in France. It was the same at Hazeltine. It was the what same at Eagles. What a lot you could do to Whistling Straits. I mean, I remember talking with the team going into Whistling that Straits. That was a golf there course that clearly wasn't a lot. The, the American side. Yeah. I mean, it was set up more AKA PGA Championship than it would be Ryder Cup. And to your point, I would go back to Paris. Again, this is always the great example where, I mean, they set that golf course up not to the advantage of their best players, specifically Roy McIlroy, who did not have a great week for the same reasons that the U S team 
didn't have a great week. Rory has a very much an Americanized style of play. In this particular case, though, they had everyone else behind them. And you look at what Francesco Molinari did. You look at what Tommy Fleetwood did in Paris. You would think they're looking to get the same production out of those players sort of on the back end that they got that last time around. Yeah, I still think that Europe's going to have to absolutely ride their dogs. If the dogs don't play well, uh, they're not going to win. Uh, Speaking I, of dogs, how nervous were you? Come on. Give, give, me, give me your pain. I, need to, I, I wanted to call not you. Not very. Kirby, I wanted to text you. Kirby's a master at second-half adjustments. University Beaver, of Georgia. Friend of the program. Uh, made some sort of remark about how we're, we're, we're kicking their ass in the, in the first half and just need to keep it up. Obviously, that did not happen. Uh, that's a quote that will now live in infamy. Shane Beamer, though, fr- uh, friend of the program, a big fan of his and what he's done with the Gamecocks. I was, not, I was not concerned at all. Honestly, I don't think there's any great teams in college football. Texas appears to be good. Michigan is going to lose in the semis like they always do. Ohio State's, you, you know, talented Whoa. like they like they like they always are. But like, Bama's clearly down. LSU is good but not great. Georgia's clearly good but not great. I think it's going to be like tw- 2007 all over again. There's absolute mayhem. This would be like a perfect year for a 12 team or 16 team playoff, uh, but that's not we- what we are going uh, to get. Rex, I know you've been studying all morning for this Solheim Cup preview. Uh, I'm heading there tomorrow, a two-leg stop, not feeling great about it. Only a two-hour layover when we get to Paris. Mm-hmm. We have to go through customs. Do not feel good about that. On the way back, going from uh, Mayaga, Malaga, not real sure how you pronounce it. I'm going to have to Google that one. Uh, flying mm-hmm. back to Rome. Uh, I'm flying on something called Ryan Air. Uh, sure, it's been, it's been, sure it's fine. It's, it's been affectionately uh, called uh, Death Air, uh, so I'm not sure if – Affectionately uh, called Death Air by who? Uh, uh, frequent frequent travelers, uh, oh, no. which is a little bit, which is, <laughs> I don't think there's actually been like oh, wow. reported deaths. Uh, I should be I should be very clear about that. Uh, but I'm a little bit uh, skeptical that one's going to get me there on time. But what are your thoughts, Rex? This is a new look U.S. team for the most part. Five newcomers headlined by Rose Zhang. Uh, very curious to see how they do under Stacey Lewis trying to win across the pond for the first time since 2015, I believe. I was, I, it was interesting. I was on, I think it was golf today, two weeks ago, right. As Stacy was, I think was making her picks and I, I was listening to sort of the interview she was given. And I was taken by the idea to your point, she got five rookies on that team. And I think when you look at the history, this is sort of the opposite of what we, we have right now. And the Ryder Cup Europe has won the last two matches. They've won four out of the last six. Certainly you, you go overseas to a venue in I, I know less about the venue in Spain than I do about the venue in Rome. Looks lovely. That, uh, it does. Actually, I was looking at the accommodations this morning for the U.S. team. It actually looks like uh, much better than what I'm sure you and I will end up having in Rome. Uh, but I, I love the idea that and again, this goes to kind of the way Stacey Lewis built this team. And it kind of goes to how I sort of nerded out with the U.S. team. I mean, she took a hard statistical profile of this course and tried to get players that locked in, her picks were locked in to exactly what this course demanded, a.k.a. JT and the conversations that we've been having for the last three weeks. I also found it fascinating that she actually said her picks were locked in for two months. Now, there were some 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 uh, weird circumstances that sort of dictated that, okay, these were the players she was going to get locked in on. But unlike Zach Johnson, who seemed to be huddled in the war room up until the very last moment to make his picks, it seems like Stacey Lewis – Knows exactly what she wants from this team. I've said this before. I, I'll go back to the K-Club Ryder Cup. And I thought Tom Lehman, I mean, he did everything right. 
I, I felt like I, I was kind of embedded. You know, I, I covered that team that week when I was at Golf Week magazine and felt like he did everything he could possibly do, and it wasn't even close. And so I keep coming back to the idea that really, really good captains can make a difference if it's being decided by a point or a half point. It's yeah, not going to make a difference. It's not going to matter if it's three or four points. And my worry is this could go one of two ways. I mean, your champion, Rosang, needs to be Rosang, right? And that's what you're anticipating. She's going to be a rookie, but I think we can all agree, like, what she's accomplished in a very, very short amount of time. They need to get big production out of her. If that's the case, then I think it's probably closer than what we'll end up seeing at the Ryder Cup. I, I do think, Rex, at this point, we're recording this on Monday, four days before the matches actually start. And you bring up a great point with, with the captains. Like, I'm not sure you could find two more disparate personalities than Stacey Lewis and Suzanne Patterson, who's captain of the Europe, European Soul Hype Cup team. Stacey Lewis's longtime sponsor was KPMG. <laughs> so she has taken a deep dive statistically, not just with making her picks, but course fit with pairings. I'm curious to see how that goes. Suzanne Patterson, one of the fieriest personalities we've ever seen on the women's side, but is very much go with the flow, goes with instinct, goes with her gut. She did that with a couple of her captain's picks who are well inside the top 100 in the Rolex rankings as well. All those, all those players like Caroline Hedlund are going to be playing a lot over the three days at Finker Corson? Probably not, but that's just kind of how Suzanne Patterson rolls. If there is a rules controversy, by the way, Stacy Lewis and Suzanne Patterson have to go head-to-head. Oh, my God, it would just be absolutely delicious. Randall Mel uh, would pour one out for him. Uh, I know he would be loving to cover that one. Randall Mel is comes... still very much alive. Please don't kill Randall Mel. He's just not No, working. I had to kill them off. I'm saying I wish I wish he no, no, no. and I were Please. covering this one together. Good God. <laughs> don't kill Randy. Please, we all love Randy. Don't, don't do that. Pouring one out for him not being there. But I like, what, like, when, you look at this, when you look at this American team, it's, it's, I, would, I would call it a, a, a strange year, a transitional year in the majors for the women's game. Like Lilia Vu winning two majors. Allison Corpus, kind of the surprise U.S. Women's Open champion. Nelly Corda not having one over the past couple of years now. Like you're, but, you're, but you still have some of these stalwarts on the American side, whether it's Danielle Kang. Lexi Thompson's had an absolutely dreadful season, just one top 20 finish, and yet she's the most veteran player on, on that team. You're going to have to have some of these, these rookies – step up i've long thought that experience in these sorts of events is overrated give me the best player and i have confidence that their decades of experience playing high level competitive golf can come through like they're i don't think they're going to be totally shook by the scenario so lilia vu so allison corpus so rose zang those are the those are the headliners for the american side along with nelly corda uh, and if they play well, they can keep it close. But I, I do think the Europeans are going to win, and I think they could win uh, quite convincingly. This goes back to a conversation I had before Zach Johnson made his picks. I called uh, Davis Love the Third, one of his vice captains, just about some just some background stuff I was trying to get on on the actual team. And I said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, you, it looks like you're going to be leaning towards rookies." And his point was, and he goes, "The veterans haven't done very well." Like it's the Davis loves of the world that have let us down in this particular match. And I think you'd probably say the same about the women's team. And I, I think what she has done essentially overhauled the team, whether she wanted to or not, it's going to be a new look team. I will say I'm, I'm very, very curious about the venue and I'm very, very curious. It's, it's also much different. The LPGA has been playing the last few weeks. So you're going to get in theory, all of these players, hopefully at midseason form, which would make it really compelling match. Yeah, Celine Boutier, uh, major champion at Evian this year. Maya Stark, uh, Charlie Hall has been playing uh, phenomenally well 
on the LPGA as well. Lynn Grant's a very exciting uh, young player who started at Arizona State for a couple of years. You even have a playing captain, Rex, and not a Nordquist. Uh, excuse me, a playing vice captain, uh, which is very rare for the Solheim Cup as well. From your experience, is it more fun to cover an American loss or an American victory? Loss. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that. It, look, I, I don't even want to read what the comments are going to be after this particular one. But name me a Ryder Cup, and I'll tell you the losing team was the one that was probably the most compelling. I mean, when you go back to Glen Eagles, it was by far the U.S. team losing in whatever Phil Mickelson wanted to do in the postgame press conference and everything just sort of imploding going forward from there. Look at every time the Europeans win. They celebrate so much better. It's so much more enjoyable. You and I walk into those press conferences on Sunday night knowing that they're going to be inebriated. They're going to be a, a couple of champagnes or whatever it is they drink in, and the lid's going to come off. Whereas in golf, you always sort of get that stoic vanilla answer nine times out of ten, where you very, very rarely are you going to get someone that, that kind of comes in and have fun with it. You have 12 guys that come in that Sunday night, and they all want to have fun with it. And that, to me, is more entertaining. Like when you think back over the past decade of the Ryder Cup, 2014 obviously you had Phil uh, throwing a grenade in the press conference. 2016 at Hazel Team when the Americans won side so triumphantly, like there was still there was still a lot of follow content, basically thinking like, is this the new normal? Have the Americans finally solved the riddles? Like that that was okay because it it finally snapped uh, a run of bad juju. For Bahala the US was team. the same way, and so 08 would have been the same concept, yeah. But like 2018, think about the the fallout there where you had. You know, the, the rift with Patrick Reed and the rest of the team taking shots at, at the captain, as well as Jordan Spieth not wanting to. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Partner with them. There was there was some uh, rumblings in the tabloids about like a, like fisticuffs in the in the team room between Brooks and DJ. Like there was there was so much content that fuels. I I'm, I'm with you from a from a observer, from a, a content creator, from someone who has to write and talk about the event, American losses are always more interesting. They are, you know, it, it's not a 100% certainty, but it's probably at least 95% of the time the Americans are favored when it comes to world ranking. Thomas like they're, Bjorn, they're, just, they're just better on paper. Uh, never, Thomas Bjorn got a like tattooed that. on his buttocks after they won in Paris. Like just... 
name me an American captain that's going to do that, that even would do that, that you would want to see do that. None of them. Like, it just, it kind of shows you. I don't want to see any of them do that, personally. But uh, uh, probably, t- certainly not Thomas Bjorn, but it kind of shows you how much they enjoy this. I'll go back to last week. I thought this was a great story by Rory McIlroy talking about he went back and watched Medina, and he said he came to tears. And it kind of shows you, and I'm not saying it means more to Europe than it does to the United States. I don't believe that. I'm not making that argument at all. It just seems like they enjoy it more than the U.S. team does. Now, Whistling Straits was a bit of an outlier, and it, it was it was kind of weird because we still had some restrictions. And when they marched those guys into that tent, they really didn't have a chance to sort of fully embrace it. But by and large, the Europeans are much more entertaining. Well, I think that's I think that's easily uh, said, especially like the European Solheim Cup team. Like it's they. They, they beat the Americans personality-wise 10 and 8. Uh, it's Ooh, not even wow. uh, remotely close. But, like, this Clip that, Goldie. I want to hear that one next week. For, the, for, like, this European Fortnite, like, I'm super excited. You look at the storyline. Like, can the Americans uh, – I, I would say they're the, actually not the favorites. Like, can they, can they beat Europeans on home soil? Can the Europeans win for the third time? It'll be the first time ever that they've won three consecutive Solheim Cups. You think about this, the Ryder Cup. If the Americans win, it's actually a great story. For the, for the first time in a long time, it would be a great story because it would be the first win on foreign soil in three decades. And if it's the European team, boy, how, the difference the two years make coming off the most lopsided defeat in Ryder Cup history. Uh, I don't think anyone thought they'd be in the strength, in the position of strength that they are currently. Can't wait to uh, get across the pond. Uh, make sure you check out golfchannel.com. Excuse me. NBCSports.com slash golf yes. uh, for all the stuff from me. Uh, so I've got Rex, you're flying to Rome on Monday. Uh, Sunday night, Monday, sun, land Monday morning. Sunday night, Sunday getting night. in Monday, uh, mm-hmm. live television short, a few hours after uh, arriving. I'm hopefully sightseeing on Monday in Rome. Uh, you'll be you giving, will be joining me uh, at the course to grind out some uh, some blogs. You, you, no, you, gonna, okay. you'll be you'll be give, you'll be giving some very bland notes uh, for for people watching uh, back at 8 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. People will be salivating for Ryder Cup content. What are you going to be doing? In the next six or seven days, what's on the grill? I uh, got football going on. I actually grilled last night. So I, I was going to call this a garden. It's not a garden. The, the place where I, I have plants that I can use to eat. Anyway, I have peppers because it's not weeds. really a garden. Uh, well, weeds. no, there's no weeds, but it's not like it would be like, let, let's go outside and see my race car. Well, it's clearly not a race car. It's just a car. So I just want to the place where I have my plants. But we uh, we grow peppers. I don't know if you grow peppers. Man, you cannot kill peppers. They just like it's the one thing in Florida that just seems to thrive. I've never been able to figure out like what to do with them. My peppers, for some reason, are crazy hot, and like I've tried to work them into like different dishes before, and they're either just too hot or kind of overwhelming. I did jalapeno poppers with my peppers last night, and they were fantastic. Didn't didn't absolutely blow the roof off. I mean, it was totally uh, fine. no, 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 it was fine. Like everybody, I even, even bunkmate who's not big on spicy stuff. She seemed to like it. So we, we did that in steaks just for the games last night. Uh, bunk and I see very eye to eye. Uh, we did a grilled seafood fest. Thanks for bringing it up uh, on Saturday for my wife, Amy's uh, birthday. I'm missing it. It is Solheim cup singles on Oof. Sunday. She's turning 36. Uh, so I'm a little bit in the dog cast, but we did do a extravagant seafood fest. Uh, we did lobster tails, scallops, shrimp uh crab dip uh ahi tuna char uh, we you did char broiled some uh, raw oysters raw right? and char grilled oysters phenomenal from dan seafood and ponte beach i highly recommend it 15 dollars a dozen just felt like we, just just felt like we were stealing uh so that was absolutely delicious uh at least we should be able to get some good food these next couple of weeks in spain 
and then Italy. I am missing one of the best college football Saturdays of the year on Saturday. Florida State, Clemson, um, Oregon, Colorado, Ole Miss, Alabama, um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Georgia, UAB. I'm hoping Bulldog, our, our buddy. Georgia, is, UAB. Yeah. You're throwing that one in there? Yeah, one of the best college football Saturdays of the year. Uh, Bulldog, Mark Schleybaugh from ESPN. Uh, he has uh, promised that he has secured some sort of uh, secret code to, to help us watch across the pond. Uh, so we'll be staying up late. He said he wasn't going to go if he can't get the Georgia game. Yeah, I think he was kidding. I, I think, think he was won. kidding. ESPN is making a, making a renewed push in the women's game, thanks to Rose Zhang. Uh, we'll have to see if that comes to fruition. Uh, but I, I will look forward to watching that, along with eating some delicious paella. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. Make sure you check out all the stuff at NBCSports.com slash golf. News, notes, features, analysis, commentary from the Solheim Cup. Rex and I will be uh, doing our podcast live from Rome. First time we could say that. Uh, next Tuesday or Wednesday on site. We're going to see how it goes. With the Friday start, we may want to wait until Wednesday to gather some more intel. And then, of course, we'll be doing the daily pods, as we always do, in addition to our live from the Ryder Cup hits. All right, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the Stolham Cup. I'm sure Ryan Air will be fine. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget <laughs> well oh yeah that happens so start clean with clorox use clorox products as directed rinse after use if in contact with food service